0: Welcome to Equipist Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com.
1: A reason to worship or a person to worship. Um, So cool, what we're going to do is we're going to start with Hannah and introduce yourself and maybe your favourite
0: ice cream.
2: Oh, hello, my name's Hannah um, and my favourite ice cream is Hokey Pokey.
0: Hello, my name is Luke and my favourite ice cream is Goody Goody Gumdrop.
3: My name is Nase. My favourite ice cream is ramen and raisins.
4: <laughs> my name is Sarah and my favourite ice cream is anything sorbet. Hi,
5: I'm just getting a mic. My name is Tamara and I do not have a favourite ice cream.
1: What's your favourite dessert? Do you have a favourite dessert? Uh,
5: no, not really.
1: Favourite food? Oh, okay. Anyway, hey, we're gonna get straight into it. We don't have too much time, and I know I'm well aware. I'm, I'm not normally a, a panel lover, um, so I'm gonna try and make this as interesting as possible. Um, but I believe that uh, this is not. A, we're not. We're not all the best at potentially worshiping, um, and we're not the most uh, uh, theologically like. Like we don't necessarily know everything about worship. But what I do believe this team brings is um, a personal devotion to worship, and so. I hope as we just start to speak and as we just hear some stories that uh, you'll kind of understand why we worship and, and what worship is to us. And so starting on that, um, I really just want to open up um, and we'll start with Tamara, uh, way on the far end. Uh, and I really just want to ask the question of like, what is worship for you, uh, when we, whether it's uh, here or in your bedroom or just open up the question of what is worship?
5: What is worship to me personally? Yeah. Kind of trying to relate it to the questions you asked. <laughs> That's
1: number one.
5: I check no- number
1: one, is it? Uh, I might have reordered them.
5: Oh dear, um, number three. Okay, here we go. Sorry. Um, I guess um, when I was a younger Christian, when I, when I talked about worship to me, when I was a younger Christian, it was it was all about the music and singing the songs. But um, as I grew in my walk with God um, and began to spend more time reading his word, I began to realize that worship was not just about the music and the singing, but it was
4: more about a lifestyle.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah,
5: great. Sarah.
4: Um, I'd probably say worship for me personally is an expression and a posture. Um, When I think of worship, I think of the whole phrase of less of me, more of God. So rid me of like going against my flesh and surrendering myself to God, whatever that looks like. Um, Worship can be more than music, I believe. Um, Anything creative, anything um, physical as well, I reckon. Um, But yeah, it's just an abandoning of yourself and just giving yourself freely to God, in a nutshell for me.
3: Manasi, let's just come down the line, Manasi. (laughs) Okay, for me is worship is a place of surrender. Uh, open wholeheartedly and get ready to receive the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's me.
0: Yeah, for me, worship is anything that I do that um, gives God the glory, that expresses his worthiness of of who he is, um, our dependency, my dependency on him. So whatever it is in life, at home, here, serving, praying, singing, dancing, yeah, anything, doing the dishes, yeah, Uh, you know, um, things that I can do to serve and just rely on him that will grow, grow me deeper in him, yeah.
2: Awesome. So our worship to me is also a lifestyle. Um, It's not just a song. It's the way that I choose to live my life that is a continued response to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Um, And so it's going to work and serving my work. It's been a great wife. It's been a great mom. And through all of that, as a response of someone who loves God and the continued goodness in his life, his life, my life, um, that yeah, it's just just the way that I live because he's worthy of all praise and all glory in every season, all of the time.
1: Cool, so we're going to get to um, sort of a practical thing now. So uh, we've talked about that worship is a lifestyle, um, but what does this look like practically? So um, if if I was to say worship personally versus worship corporately in a church sense, um, how does that differentiate for you, uh, whether it's expression or whether it's um, your motive? Uh, Hannah, we'll start with you.
2: I'm laughing because I was like, oh, this is a tricky one. Um, For me personally, worship um, privately or at home um, is, I guess I'm a little bit more vulnerable. I'm always always vulnerable in the presence of God. But when I'm at home, there's a vulnerability and I guess a more exposedness between me and God where I can just be... I don't know, I can do the ugly tears and I can let him see the whole me. Um, and it's all about me and God. We're just hanging out and we're having a great time and I'm responding to him and what he challenges me with. Um, and I guess corporate, for me, worship corporately is because I need your worship. It inspires me, it encourages me, we come together. I love the sound of people lifting up the name of Jesus. Um, and for me, that really spurs me on and that's, that's probably the main difference for me, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Jesus said that um, we need to join together. We need to get together and, and praise. it's um, what we're going to be doing in heaven. We're all going to be collectively lifting up God's name, you know? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, God Almighty, you know? Um, so, yeah, for me, this was a hard question to answer because I think it doesn't necessarily look different, but it does at the same time um, because we all have our ways of worship that works for us. I play guitar, I sing... Um, other people don't have a voice of an angel, okay? So so that might not work for some, but what they bring to church uh, collectively works for everyone else. Um, so that encourages other people to, to see your worship. Um, so it's encouraging to see people on their knees when someone else might not even be comfortable lifting their hands or too shy or too scared to lift their hands. And as we collectively all join together, then it encourages us to... We spur one another
3: wrong. Yeah, I think for me, is uh, co-
0: um corporally is uh, bring his presence
3: for his people to encounter. But during that is uh, your own devotional time with during the week, uh, listen to his words, meditate it, and his words. And uh, personal is the intimacy with God. corporately join with others, bring his presence, uh, presence to others for the encounter. Yeah.
4: Mine sounds like very eerie, fairy <laughs> um, To me personally, like personal worship is kind of the whole, the secret garden, the sacred place. I feel like that's where I hear God more is when I'm by myself, wherever that is, com- like ugly crying and praying and just being in his presence on my own. It's just me and God, no one else. Um, and I love those moments. Those moments bring growth um, spiritually and physically, but then corporately, I don't know, I feel like I answered this wrong, but I love the community, like you're unified in praise, you're all in a room worshiping God together, you're with like-minded people and you're just worshiping, you're all abandoning yourselves together. You might not know the person next to you, but there's something beautiful and something unspoken of that happens when you worship in a room, like church, like a conference, yeah.
5: Yeah, I think when we meet together as a group corporately, it's, you know, about all of us together in faith, knowing that as we lift him up, um, you know, he promises to come and meet with us. He inhabits the praises of his people, yeah. And he comes as a fiery cloud as we worship corporately, you know, and there's a huge atmosphere of faith, you know, as a group and then we can see him move with power and miracles you know restoration reconciliation provision salvation healing prophetic words words of knowledge yeah it's just awesome they can all happen in his presence when his presence falls and as his name is lifted up by his church we in turn are met by him and uplifted by him whereas um for me personal worship it's it's all about i guess it yeah it's, it's very personal very intimate and it's more um with uh, me concentrating on my relationship with him and learning to abide with him. Yeah, so it's really super intimate, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So good. Um, this is a kind of on the similar vein of that, but uh, what's the difference for you uh, of praise and worship? Often, um, I don't know, as worship leaders, we might say, come on, let's praise and worship God, or we're about to enter time into praise and worship. Um, uh, I'm gonna throw it to uh, Hannah and Sarah. Uh, what is what is the difference between praise and worship?
2: Okay, right. For me personally, um, so I guess praise is my flesh's response to the goodness of God. Um, and so when I think about praise, I even if I don't want to do it, I'm not in a bad mood. Like I jump around badly. I clap my hands badly. I do it because it's my flesh's response to the goodness of God. And then for me, worship is the deep cries out to deep. The spirit, you know, it worships in spirit and in truth. And that to me is worship. So I guess I've written it down because what I wrote down was really good. So hold on. Um, so praise to me is my flesh's Response to the goodness of God, bringing an offering of thanksgiving. Worship to me is my spirit's response to God, like the deep that's crying out to deep. Um, and I guess for me, that's that. You know, the main difference for me personally.
4: Yeah. Um, I'd say that praise is an exaltation. It's a acknowledging of God's goodness. So, the verse um, when you walk into His gates with praise and thanksgiving, that encapsulates kind of like. All right, let's not think about me for a moment and just thank God for everything that I have. Be so thankful, be so grateful. Position my heart ready to worship because then worship is kinda like an abandonment of yourself again, but also it's just being in the atmosphere of the spirit, allowing, you're giving permission for the spirit to move within you. It's the prompting from the spirit that comes through the atmosphere that you're in and you just, whatever that looks like, whether that's surrender, whether that's just basking in the glory of it, it's yeah, worship seems more personal, but both are so so important. I'd say.
1: Yeah. Minasi um, and Luke, uh, think back to the first worship encounter uh, that you had. Um, so the first time that you remember encountering God, what was it, and and what it looked like?
0: <laughs>
1: All together now. <laughs>
0: Well, I have had many first encounters with God. <laughs> and I think we all fit into that category sometimes. Um, so I can't remember the actual first one um, because I've come back to God a couple of times. Um, and usually it is with guilt, shame, hurt, um, but it is a newfound love. Um, and it is re- a really precious moment that we should never, never really forget. Um, and I didn't really reflect on it until Evie was born. And... Yeah, thinking about God's love, what what He did for us, you know. Um, As soon as Evie was born, she was in my arms, and I wasn't going to let her go. And that's exactly what God does with us, right? So um, He welcomed me in as an infant, um, and He hugged, He cuddled, He healed. Yeah, and in that moment, yeah, my life was changed. So, yeah.
3: My impactful um, encounter through worship was when I was baptised. I was addicted to smoking and other things. I asked God with a heart of surrender to help. I couldn't quit alone, and He helped. It's been a long time I haven't touched it. So nearly 20 years, 20 yeah. years now. Right. Yeah. Wow. This is my first encounter. Yeah, that's me.
1: So good. Um, and this is the last question before I have some thoughts. Um, so watch out. Talk about um, a time in your life uh, uh, where you, you chose to worship, and this is for everyone, um, where you chose to worship uh, regardless of situation, regardless of seeing um, God necessarily move evidently around you, but um, you just chose to worship anyway. Make sense? Yep.
0: Um, for me, it was finishing my degree. Um, I was looking around the country for jobs, um, but I didn't feel like God was telling us to leave Dunedin yet. Um, so I just said to God, look, I'm just going to worship you, and whether or not I get a job as a, as a teacher, um, I'm going to leave it up to you, and you're going to provide. And I just trusted in him, and, yeah, within a term, I had my position now that I love. So regardless of the outcome, we were going to stay in Dunedin. Yeah, so, yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Andrew. Can you read again the question, please? So,
1: uh, So, think back to a time, regardless of um, seeing God move, where you chose to worship
3: anyway. When I lived in Tonga, I had uh, two friends, and who I believed they needed God. They didn't. They eventually came to, to know Jesus. And right now, they serve in the Cubas Church. One is singing in the worship team, and one yeah. is. Uh, um serve in the young adult. Who's yeah. organized all the young adult. Yeah. Which is amazing. So good. Yeah, So good. Yeah, that's for yeah. me. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, hi. Um, so for, for me, I guess, and um, I'm trying to shorten it into like 20, no tw- but so over a two and a half year journey, I um, battled with basically cervical cancer, I had to have operations, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was really believing, and I guess that first diagnosis, that first, right, is what you've got to do, um, that I, God would heal me miraculously because I believed in a God that could heal, Um, and over two and a half years, I mean, and yes, I'm healed, I had an operation that dealt with it, but over that time, I got to a place where I was like, God, you're still good regardless, so I will worship you, my response to your faithfulness, to your goodness, Um, you know, and he gave me a scripture that with long life, he'll satisfy me, and at times I'm like, are you sure now? Um, But I would still worship anyway, even though what around me was looking quite chaotic and a little bit scary, like doctor appointment after doctor appointment, nah, still there, still there, Um, but every time I would return to worship, and I would exalt God, and I would lift him up and I would trust in his faithfulness and goodness and respond to that
5: regardless.
4: I think a common um, theme for me is I worship an uncertainty or the unknown because I just don't know what else to do um, as a response. So I think the most recent one was when me and Dylan were moving down here um, he got a job opportunity, but there are just a lot of logistic things that didn't make sense. Like, we had to give our notice for the house. Um, we had to tell our parents and just assume that they'd be okay with it. They were. Um, but, like, just other things that are just, like, the niggly niggly bits you don't want to think about. And the most common, or well, the most important one was we didn't have a house. Um, <laughs> so we had the notice. We had everything. Everything worked out. But it was the part where... We were moving down, hoping for a house, and we had connection with Dylan's boss to go to the viewings for us, and we didn't know who she was. Um, And then we ended up getting a house 10 days before we were supposed to come down here. Um, So yeah, worship for us was just, every night we'd just pray and just hope that something would happen. We stepped out of faith, we stepped out of the comfortable, and we're just praying that God would just, he wouldn't send us somewhere without securing us a house, you know? Like, he wouldn't just leave us out there, so. Yeah, I hope that makes sense.
5: Good. Yeah, it's good. Um, for me, I've had lots of, um, you know, um, what was the question now? <laughs> lots of times in my life where worship has been really important. But one that really stands out to me is um, after we had our first child. And we were hoping for a second one, but it just wasn't happening. And so, I mean, we got ourselves physically checked up. And the doctor said, oh, there's nothing wrong. You know, sometimes it just happens. So, you know, I grew up in a family with three kids and I'd always wanted to have three kids at least. And, you know, I had to come to the Lord and and just say, okay, Lord, if this is your plan, you know, for my life, I'm wanting more children, but if this is your plan, I'm just going to worship you. You know, whether you you give us more children or not, I'm just going to choose to worship you and trust you and knowing that your plans for me and for our family are for good.
1: Awesome. Hey, let's say thanks to the team. Can I grab the pulpit? Um, yeah, uh, singers, do you want to stay close? Because uh, we're going to worship very soon. Uh, we'll get rid of these chairs. Um, if you also were a singer tonight, do you want to jump up? Because uh, I won't be too long. And my goal right now is that um, we've just heard, and we've, I believe we've built faith about worship, that faith comes by hearing. Uh, and we've heard all these testimonies and experiences on, on worship. But um, I want to give you some scripture around um, uh, around our, our, our God, our Jesus, and really um, it's a, a scripture which I was listening to a sermon and um, they were talking about um, the scripture, which I'm about to share soon, in a, in a slightly different way that I've never heard it before, which which then led me to go read it again, and I f- really found some um, interesting thoughts about, about who our God is. Um, so Luke 19, uh, 1-10 to is the story of Zacchaeus, and I'll read that for you and then I'll pull out some bits, and then we're just going to worship. Um So it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there was by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Jesus said, uh, "Jesus, uh, since Jesus was coming uh, that way, so he wanted to see him since Jesus was coming that way." When Jesus reached the spot, he looked and said to him, "Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house." So he came down at once and and, and welcomed him gladly. And the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus stood up, uh, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here I am. Now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of everything, uh, I will pay back four times that amount. Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, because this man is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and serve, uh, seek and save the lost." Them now, there's really two points I want to pull out of the scripture. Is that number one is regardless of who you are and what you have done, there's an unconditional uh, love uh, for you that our God uh, loves you, that our God is for you regardless. of him. so. Zacchaeus isn't just a, like a, an I. who works for I. D. Anyone works for I. D. No one. So Zacchaeus isn't one of them, as much as you might like or might not like them. Um, Zacchaeus isn't that. Um, the chief, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, and he collected tax off his own people. Um, what I realized through this is that the Roman Empire actually, they weren't like elected or chosen into... Um, like, into power, they took it by force, basically. Uh, And so already the Roman Empire wasn't respected, but then the tax collectors uh, would, like, basically claim money for the Roman Empire and then take some. Um, But then Zacchaeus, on the other hand, was uh, one of these tax collectors for his own people. So it's like me right now coming um, with my Roman Empire who took the government by force and, and basically stole your money. So he was considered the worst of the worst of the worst. But Jesus didn't really care about any of that. He didn't really care about what he had done. And the interesting people, uh, thing is that the people who did care about that was the crowd. Uh, I would say that the crowd is probably us in church. We were the ones that were really caught up in, oh, what well, Jesus has really gone to him. No, Jesus said, hey, uh, Zacchaeus, uh, I'm coming to your house today. Salvation is coming to your house. And I really believe right now is that if you're in this place and you think you're an unlovable, uh, if you think you've gone too far, I want to say to you right now that Jesus loves you unconditionally. That there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you will do uh, that will stop Jesus from loving you. And uh, and that's the Jesus who we really worship. Um, and secondly, there's something interesting about Zacchaeus, which I, I, I kind of read into this um so Zacchaeus was wearing um, a, a tunic and doing some research. A tunic is actually this long piece of like thing. I wouldn't wear it today. Um, but in order for Zacchaeus to run to Jesus, he had to roll up his tunic and reveal his like ankles. And there was many things wrong with that at that time and day. And um, if we have some keys and singers come up, because we're about to worship. Um, and I have condensed this, sorry. So if you want to unpack it with me, let's do it. But Zacchaeus had to kind of roll up his his uh, tunic and reveal something that was shameful for him but I wonder how many times we come into a place and before we turn our attention to our saviour that uh, we choose not to lift our hands because someone might be watching us or we choose not to sing because someone might uh, we might not like the music, or there's something that we've got on that is sort of re- preventing from us from praising and worshiping our God. there might be something culturally that we're wearing, um, figuratively obviously, uh, that we're wearing that um, that is stopping us from entering the presence of God. And what I love about Zacchaeus is that when. Jesus caught his attention. He didn't think about any of that. His, his focus was getting his, uh, his, his getting to Jesus as quickly as he can. And and my, my prayer for you and my challenge, I suppose, is hey, every time we come into church, uh, would we forget about what we're wearing? Would we forget about what uh, what's stopping us from uh, uh, from worshiping and praising our Jesus? Because he isn't um, he is a God who loves you, regardless. He is a God who who will reach down. But I think our response is to praise and sing. Um, and some notes in here that uh, like why, why why do we clap our hands? It's because the Bible says so. Uh, the Bible says, clap your hands all you people. Uh, the Bible says, um, you have torn my morning uh, and uh, you've turned my morning into a joyful dancing and and that's the reason why we do all these crazy things, is because for me, that's the only response I can give to a Saviour who loves me so much, uh, that, that if, if you're new here and I really uh, welcome you and you're, you're always welcome here, but come on, we, we serve a God who regardless of that uh, wants to see your restoration in your life, wants to see restoration in your family. And and if you're not new here, that's still true for you, but come on, let's remember that. Re- let's remember that our God is a God who wants to uh, pour blessing, but actually like our response to that is just to worship. Our response to that is just to praise. And just the thought I had is that um, when like when you have a child, I like to use children because they've got no filter. Sometimes like me, but when you have a child that you give them something like that they're really wanting, um, their reaction is normally like crazy yelling, jumping, and and that's the reaction. I believe that as Christians and as believers, that when God comes into our heart, that we should have to Him. Uh, so we're just going to worship and we're just going to praise Him. And I'm going to read this little thing first. And um, for me, that this is a uh, Sometimes I just have to do it in order to get to that place of feeling. So I'm often a person who leads my feelings. I'm personally uh, someone who, who has a really short attention span. So if I'm going to do something, I kind of just have to make the decision that I'm going to do it. Um, Liv will probably tell you this before I'm doing it. She can try and convince me of anything. But unless I choose in my own mind, uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it. Um, but this guy called Brother Lawrence, he was a monk, 17. He, he writes this about worship. Um, as often as I could I placed myself as a worshipper before him, fixing my mind upon his holy presence, recalling it when I recalling it when I found it wandering from him. This provided me the exercise frequently or this this provided to be an exercise frequently painful. Yeah, I persisted through all the difficulties and, and right now I like you
0: Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipment's Church Denise. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out Equipment's